I hope that this is a season where you're reaching out to other people. I've been making a habit these days of taking time in the morning, looking up some friends, clients, and just reaching out to them and say, listen, I'm reaching out to you. How are, how are you doing? And the feedback that I'm getting is, for the most part, sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. Why is that? Well, we know that there's a pandemic. We know that there's a lot of information out there. We know that there's different sides that are expressing themselves. Uh, we know that there's a lot of gloom and doom. Here, here's something that I've been finding is that uh, people are overwhelmed with anxiety. And it isn't just about what we know today, because even that can be confusing, but it's about their anticipation of what's going to happen. Am I going to go back to normal? Uh, or do I have to wait for a new normal that's going to come? And what is that going to look like? And when is it going to come? And, and so instead of staying with today and the feelings that are coming up today, they're jumping ahead into tomorrow and trying to predict what the future is going to be. Um, and part of that is because today they're feeling highly anxious. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling depressed. There's kind of like a triangle of things going on. Uh, anxiety, panic, for some more than others. Depression, they're getting exhausted because of the anxiety. And grief, uh, I'm losing things. I'm losing my friends, I'm losing money, I'm losing uh, time in my work, maybe I'll lose my business. And so all of these things are happening um, at once. And different people are responding uh, differently to this. I just want to share with you this morning something that has helped me as my own spirit has, and my own soul has been uh, disquieted, uh, where I felt restless, where I have felt uh, anxiety and, and, and even some depression in this last little while. And I've turned to the word of God. Is the word of God relevant to times like this? And the answer to that for me, is yes, it is. And so I want to share something with you from the life of David. Um, and I think it does tie into what we're facing right now in this pandemic and all of the restrictions that have uh, locked us down and, and caused us to be uh, bound to uh, our homes. And, uh, and this is a Psalm of David, Psalm 42. And I'm going to be reading a few verses of it for you, and, um, but this is a message that's more coming from my heart to yours in that uh, perhaps you can relate to these same feelings. Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. David says this in Psalm 42, um, as a deer pants for water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? David's using the, the, the description here of a deer, of a heart that's been hunted, and it's sweating, it's steaming, and it's thirsty, its tongue is drying up, and it has a desperate need for water. 
You know, we can go without food for a while, but we can't go without water. And, and David is, is relating right now to his thirst for reconnection with God. Now, I don't know about you, whether you see yourself as spiritual or have discovered that you're not as spiritual as you thought you were, or whether you see yourself as, as not spiritual at all. But the bottom line is that when we are cut off from people that are important to us, when we are cut off from our work that may be important to us and the things that we're passionate about, when our routine is turned upside down and we all of a sudden are feeling isolated and alienated, um, we can begin to experience something of what David's talking about here. I would have wished that I would thirst for God like David talks about here. Um, The problem for me is, as this pandemic hit, I was already in a dark space myself. I was already going through some struggles within my own life and within um, the work that I do as a therapist. And uh, and so when this hit, it was kind of like uh, the second wave of something that was already happening for me. But here's the problem. I wasn't as close to God as I needed to be. I wasn't as intimate with him as David is talking about here. And, um, and so this time, for me, has revealed uh, an emotional turmoil inside of me. And so, unlike David, my normal wasn't to have this passionate daily experience with God on a deep level. For David, that was his normal, and now in this, in this passage in Psalm 42, he's basically banished from his own kingdom. Uh, the backstory to what's going on for David is that um, David was a, a, a great warrior. David was always leading battle. David became king as a result of conquering a, a giant by the name of Goliath. David Uh, eventually took on a kingdom and he had people that were loyal to him. But David wasn't a very good father. (laughs) In in one of the big situations in his life, um, one of his sons actually seduced a stepsister. And as a result, um, this threw his his relationships in turmoil within his family And another son eventually killed that son for raping his sister. And and so David didn't take the kind of action that he should have taken or could have taken. And he was always behind in dealing with that conflict. And eventually the son that killed the brother that raped the sister um, rose up against him and... uh, basically deceived the people into thinking that David was too busy to hear their concerns. And, uh, and David had to flee from his son, who kind of took over his kingdom, his son named Absalom. And this is written in a time, and most people agree as they look at this psalm, that it was written in a time where he was banished from his own kingdom and his own son had betrayed him and overthrown him. And so... David's normal routine, like for us, our normal routine has been disrupted. David's normal routine as a king in meeting with the people of his 
uh, entourage and meeting with the, the counselors around him and meeting with the family that would, that would eat with him each day um, in, in spending time in praise and worship, uh, especially on the Sabbath day, he would lead as the king uh, to the uh, temple, to the uh, synagogue temple that he, had, that he had built. It was a tent, but it was a, the tent of meeting. And uh, he was very involved in the music. He was very involved in uh, praising God. He was very involved in sharing and teaching. And, uh, and this has all been disrupted. And now he finds himself uh, not only alienated, but hunted like the deer. And, but what is he longing for? He's longing for something that he once had. Now, here's what I kind of discovered is I started longing for things that I once had. I was longing to, to be able to visit my family and, and be with my grandkids and, and play with them. I was longing for uh, seeing my clients at the office or receiving clients at my home office. And I was longing for uh, some of the things that my wife and I would do together and uh, I was longing for uh, things and projects that I was involved in, and all of that got shut down. And I became aware then of this thirst. And in this pandemic time, I think it's forced us to become aware that we have been relying on things that may or may not be the most important things in life, but, but we've been relying on those things quite intensely. And to have those things removed... And to have those social contacts removed or to have our work removed or to have money removed um, or projects removed, uh, we're now dealing with grief. We're having to grieve something. It's like we've been robbed. It's, it's, it's like it's been stolen from us. And anxiety comes up. And when anxiety rises, it can make you feel as if you're crazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. So David is saying, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. We see a lot on the internet now people going OMG, you know, but they're doing it kind of very lightly and, and, and they're doing it as, oh my goodness, or, or what's going on? Or, but this is much deeper than that. It's, it's, a, it's a confessional cry out, uh, oh God, what, my soul is cast down within me. I, 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 I don't understand this. It's just, this is a strange experience for me. I'm not used to this. And... And then he starts to remember. He says, and this is, this is why if people are questioning, is this a Davidic psalm or not, is that David has this pattern in, in writing in the psalms in that in the present, he talks about his distress. And part of reflecting his true faith in God in the, in the faith versus fear battle, in the faith versus doubts battle, is that in, if he's not hearing from God in the present, he goes to the past. And he'll say, I remember when God met me this. I remember when God delivered me from this. I remember when God rescued me past here. And he uses that memory of the past to fortify his faith in the present. This is, this is how David writes. And for us too, uh, in those times where our, our, our faith and our doubts or our faith and our fear are kind of colliding and hitting heads, we can go in a deeper place and actually talk to our own soul. And we can say, you know, why are you feeling like you're going crazy, oh my soul? <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes I'm feeling like I'm going crazy. And we can even bring that out to God. And, and so 
back in verse 5, David says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? And then he charges his soul. He says, Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So he makes this declaration to himself, but it's, you know what, this isn't just, you know, sometimes people say the power of positive thinking, like just tell yourself things are okay, tell yourself it's going to be okay, and hope that it's going to be okay. This isn't just that. This isn't just making a declaration even of a truth of God. Uh, as important as those things are in getting through stuff like this, this is much deeper. This is David going deeper to his inner man and personifying his inner man and speaking to his inner man who is, is in the midst, in a deep place in the conflict of faith and fear and doubts are rising up like enemies inside to question God's presence. And, and so when David breaks out in verse 6 and says, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, He's admitting now to God. The conversation, first of all, was between himself and his own soul. Now he's breaking out and bringing in the third party that, that needs to be brought into the picture where he's actually bringing out his cry and his confession and his complaint to God. And he's saying, God, my soul is so downcast. I feel like I'm going crazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy and these are one of those times. But he's now talking to God. And, and, and he says in verse 7, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls, God's waterfalls. So it's like, it's like, it's like being in a place where uh, waterfalls are coming down and, and, and the, the water is all turned up and maybe you're in one of those canoes that you got to stay in the center in order to keep balanced or you're going to flip over for sure. But all these waterfalls are churning up all around you and, and, and you're overwhelmed. You're not sure your faith or your skills are going to get you through this situation. And he says, your, your waves and billows have, have gone over me. So this is like the canoe, the canoe is tipped over. Now you're in the water and all of this frothing and foaming water is spilling over you and there's pressure going all around you. And, <clears throat> and, and then he says in verse eight, the Lord will command his kindness in the daytime. And so in the midst of all that frothing, churning, overwhelmed, underwater, sinking beneath all of these feelings, uh, he makes a declaration that God is a loving God, that love, God's loving kindness is in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. David does a couple of things here. He brings God into the picture when he was just talking to his soul initially. He, he's honest with God about how overwhelmed he's feeling but then he kicks into something that has been part of <clears throat> bringing quiet and rest in his life in the past, and that is that he's a musician. He, he writes songs. I mean, what is David doing? He's writing this song. Who's he writing it for? He's journaling, yes, but he's not just journaling. He's writing it out, and, and, and then he's giving it over to those that lead the worship so that people will have a catchy tune attached to this experience, and all of those that sing this psalm as a song in worship, they're going to know that this is the experience of their king, of their leader. And that if he's gone through stuff like that, then we can go through stuff like this. And if he says to his soul, put your hope in God, then we can say to our soul, put your hope in God. And, and, and so he's an example to the people, even as he's writing this out. And so he says, and in the night, his song 
shall be with me. That's, that is God singing over him and, and a prayer to the God of my life. And then verse 9, he says, I will say to God my rock. So he's making another declaration. Not only is God's loving kindness still with me, not only is God singing over me in this time, but I'm going to call out to him as my rock. He is still my rock, even though I'm feeling overwhelmed, even though I feel like I'm underwater and his, his breakers are coming over me. He is still my rock. Why have you forgotten me? He's being honest and transparent with his feelings. I know you're still my rock, but I'm feeling forgotten. And why? Why do I have to go through this? Who else do we cry out to? Our faith needs to cry out to someone else, not just our own soul inside, because we're in turmoil, but our faith needs to cry out. Who else do we cry out to? He cries out to God. Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And like I said, the enemy can be those that were mocking David in this time, and there were some that were mocking David in this time. But his enemy also is his own doubts and his own emotions that are rising up and mocking him. Okay, where's God? You know, you, you say you believe in God. Well, where is he? What's going on here? And he's having to remind himself from his past experiences that God hasn't changed and that God's loving kindness is still with him. Verse 10, as with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? And so this haunting question is going on inside of him. Where is God? And we might feel that way sometimes too. Well, where is God in this? Uh, we know that God didn't cause this pandemic, but, but where is he in the rescue of this? Why are so many people dying? Why are so many people isolated? Why is the consequence... Um, so large, uh, why are some homes of elderly people having up to 100% infection rate? And we have these why questions, and we can still bring those questions out to God, even in the midst of feeling like he's absent when he's actually not absent. You know, there's an interesting thing here in the treasury of David um, when it comes to this psalm. I just want to read this to you because I don't think I could say it any better. There are griefs to which God makes his children strangers for his love's sake. Let me say that again. There are griefs to which God, he, makes his children strangers for his love's sake. We forget that God is not just committed to our comfort as we are his children. God is even more committed to our maturity. He is so committed to our maturity that he will allow us to go through some of the things that his own son went through as he came on this earth where he felt forsaken. And in the end, talk about alienation on the cross. I mean, Jesus himself cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And, and it wasn't that he was doubting his father when he said that. It was actually a declaration where he was saying, my God, my God, there must be a larger purpose that's important here and, 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 and somehow for me to fulfill here, for you to alienate me from yourself in our relationship. And, and, and so we're getting an inside picture of that kind of alienation. How many of us have felt alienated? Um, from other people that are important to us or from a work that we thought 
shouldn't be disrupted by this or from building a future that we had plans for and we were striving for and now that future is, is having to change and be questionable. David comes again in verse 11 and he says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you so disquieted within me? Why are you so conflicted? Hope in God. Again, he charges his soul to hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance, and my God. God is my deliverer. He is going to deliver me from this. I'm going to continue to praise him. But I have to tell my soul that in spite of all of this conflict within, faith versus fear and, and enemy thoughts rising up and doubts and other people mocking me, that, that I'm still going to determine that I'm going to praise God. He is my help. He is my countenance and my God. And so I hope that as I share this from David's life and, and from my own life, that as I've studied this passage, and as you read it yourself, Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, by the way, are all one psalm. Because if you go on in Psalm 43, you're going to find that once again, this, this phrase is repeated in verse 5, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So sometimes we feel like we're going crazy. We can feel like we're losing against fear, and our faith is being overwhelmed. But then faith rises up, with the courage to declare who God is from what? From the past, from what he's delivered us through, and even in the present as he meets needs in our lives. Now, this is going to sound really silly as I share this with you, but just as we're closing up here, the other day uh, I texted my wife. I was on my way from the city. I picked up a guitar in the city. We respected all the distance things that you have to respect uh, when you're doing business on Kijiji. And... Uh, so I, but I spent this money on a guitar, and I thought I had a $10 bill in my pocket. So <laughs> I pulled into this, uh, this uh, burger uh, uh, guy patat place uh, on Grand Allee uh, near our house, and I texted my wife, do you want hot dogs and french fries? And of course, she said yes. So I go in, and in my mind, there's 10 bucks still in my pocket from the couple hundred that I just spent on a guitar. And I go and I order. I order four steamies, which is like a buck 19 each. And I order uh, one fry to split between the two of us. I'm thinking, okay, it's going to come up to about eight bucks, eight fifty. Open my wallet. I've got a five dollar bill and some change. So I start counting my change. I had eight dollars and ten cents, including my change. The bill was, of course, eight dollars and sixty cents. And this might sound kind of strange, but normally, if it was my car that I was driving, I always keep change and I keep. $5 bills and that tucked away in my car. I was driving her car and uh, she keeps the change in her change purse. So I said to the lady, listen, I'm going to go out to the car and see if I can get more money. All I needed was five dimes, two quarters, whatever. Went out to the car. Of course, there was no money in the car, right? And uh, I'm thinking, is this woman going to let me go with 50 cents short? I go out to the car to see if I can get 50 cents more from the car. Of course, there's no 50 cents in the car. So I'm thinking on the way back into the store, is she going to like forgive 50 cents or can I drop it over to her later or do I just have to leave the fries and take the hot dogs? And I look down on the ground and there's a fresh $5 bill that had blown over near a tire of a truck that was there. Uh, and I picked up the $5 bill and I went in and I paid the lady and I got the hot dogs and the fries and I got change back. 
And you may think that, well, God doesn't bless that kind of unhealthy eating. And, but you know what? I knew that God had made provision. And here's the point. That no matter what we're going through, big or small, God makes provision. And he made provision for us. And in this psalm, what David went through, God made provision. And David was drawing from the character of God. He was drawing from past experiences, as he does when he writes psalms. But God came through and made that provision for him. I just want to tell you that even though sometimes you feel like you're going crazy, God is ahead of us. He's making provision. He's making a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And it's difficult, but with his strength, we can fortify faith and win that battle in our soul, faith versus fear. And we can declare, but also see ourselves in the future once again being restored to those things that were months meaningful to us in a way where our soul has actually been expanded, in a way where our spirit has, has spoken into our soul, like God spoke into my soul by providing that $5. It wasn't a big thing, but it was. It wasn't the money. It was that God provided the need and that he cares about what's important to us even something as small as hot dogs and french fries. I know that you have much bigger concerns on your hearts right now, but in this time where sometimes you feel like you're going crazy, let me say that when you invest your hope in God, as David did, and you declare, I will yet trust him, my Savior and my God, you won't go crazy. You won't go crazy. The anxiety is going to come down. The turmoil of the water is going to subside. Just like Jesus asleep in the boat with the disciples, he got up and he rebuked the waves. And we are going to have an even greater appreciation of God's commitment to us, not just for our comfort, but his commitment to bring us to maturity. How has your soul expanded in this season? How has your understanding of God increased in this season? How have you reconnected with with those close to you, even if it's by text? How have you reconnected with your kids and your spouse and, and in this season? We will look back on this season and we will see that somehow God saw us through, but we came out the other side of it with an expanded soul, not a soul that was too thin to survive the turmoil, but a soul that was expanded. And in a deeper way, we will continue to long for his presence, and to count on him for provision in ways that maybe we were striving and trying to do everything on our own. So Psalm 42 and 43, take, it, take the word of God and read it in your own uh, time of study and apply it in your life. Because you know that deer that was panting for water, Brooks, found its water. Our soul, as it panted like a deer, finds its water, and the thirst is quenched through our relationship with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is often pictured as water. It's pictured as fire, pictured as water, and that God will allow us to come through this season. But in the meanwhile, we may need to speak to our own soul as David did and acknowledge our feelings, but make the declaration, I will put my hope in God. I will yet trust him, my Savior 
and my God. May God bless you today.